Welcome to another episode of Meta Athletes the Playbook. We bring our coaches' insights directly to our community, but today we're doing it a little bit different. Coach B couldn't make it, and uh, I wanted to bring on somebody to the show because the more and more I got to know him, the more I realized that um, we not only have the same principles, values, and and I think mindset for business from how we learn from um, the sports dynamic and the sports world, but um, there's just a really good energy and and a, a friendship that developed you know, in my opinion, really, really quickly. And, um, you know, in web three, I think that happens from up from time to time, but this one feels a little bit different. So, uh, I wanted to bring on wink who honestly, wink, we've only known each other for what, like maybe a month or maybe a month and a half. And, um, it's been really cool to, you know, see how we're able to kind of develop this friendship just through like a small group chat. And then it kind of developed into a discord and, um, you know, just through conversations and seeing the way that you would speak and the way that you would uplift other people and and then you started using sports analogies i'm like okay wait this this wink guy is actually pretty insightful and uh there's a lot of things where i'm like hmm, that's something that i would kind of say in that situation so i'm like this is pretty interesting and um start pulling back some more layers and you know in, in web3 and nfts and crypto even just the internet in general you know there's um there's sometimes there's like a certain level of uh of being anonymous and not really knowing people's backgrounds and so it can be a little bit harder to connect in some cases but um, you know, out of the blue, you're like, well, I kind of think like this because I used to be a former professional athlete. And at first I was like, oh, this guy's, you know, it's like a joke and you're just, you're just like trying to make it lighthearted. And then you're like, no, I, I actually played professional basketball. And so a lot of things, a lot of the ways that you were interacting with people started to make sense with, to me. And, um, you know, you just, you you had a lot of drive. I think one of my first messages to you, I was like, Hey dude, <laughs> you know, we need to like chill out, let the team do this stuff. But in reality, like your mind, your mindset was in the right place to be proactive and, and to start pushing forward and be on the offense. So, uh, wake, welcome to the show. I'm excited to kind of dive in and, and kind of pull back even some more layers of things I don't know, but, um, you know, it, it's, it's just interesting to me the way that, you know, we, we perceive somebody and I just shared this in the group chat that I perceived you as like, a young, energetic, you know, still in college personality, but you know, you're an entrepreneur, you're a former, former athlete. Um, you have a lot of great concepts when it comes to community building and building teams online. And so, um, you know, the NFT and web three transition makes a lot of sense to me, but, um, I look forward to kind of diving in a little bit further into your history, your background and, and how you got here. So, um, you know, welcome to the show. And, and I guess the first where I kind of want to start with you is, were you always an athlete from a young age? Was your family into athletics? Maybe you can just share a little bit about your childhood. Yeah, sure, yeah, sure. Hey, thank you very much for for having me. First of all, and uh, yeah, the amazing friendship we we already have, and uh, I'm I'm excited for this opportunity. Yeah. So uh, about my background, from a young age, I actually started playing soccer. Well, I'm from Europe, so hence why my uh, my accent is a little bit different from uh, most American people. So that's where where my accent is coming from. But um, yeah, from a young age, I started playing soccer. Um, and then when I was around eight years old, I got a, got an injury where my um, we found out that my hip, there was no blood going through the bones anymore. Wow. So I had to quit playing soccer, basically. And my family was also play, always into, into sports. So from a young age, I was also kind of... Uh, yeah, engaged in it already. Like all my friends were playing soccer, and and where I'm from, it's a it's a big thing, and people in Europe know that. 
Um, so yeah, playing soccer first and then uh, a lot of physical therapy afterwards. And uh, I was kind of denied playing soccer afterwards anymore because it was too dangerous. They said, the physical therapist said, you should try something else like a non-contact sport. So play basketball. Mm. So I started playing basketball and, and uh, yeah, fast forward, um, basically everything with, with, with a ball or a team sport, like I, I can play. So then I, then I started playing basketball and uh yeah one thing came to another and uh yeah started playing professionally at uh i was the age of 16 when i was scouted first so that was when i when i first got into the, the pro level and then uh at 16 yeah. yeah at 16 yeah yeah first i was uh playing the like the, the amateur level where we have mm -hmm. in europe and then uh but I, I was 14 15 when i played for the first men's team so i was playing with guys 25 24 year olds Wow, as a 14, 15 year old boy, uh, but my I had my height, my height with it, uh, my size, my 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 quickness, the agility, so that that helped a lot. So then I got scouted for uh, for my my normal uh, age kind of kind of group. That's incredible. Uh, I mean, yeah. I understand for people that don't know, you're you're a large man. I think you're is it six seven? Six, six seven, yeah, yeah, six seven, and. Um, that's fascinating that you were able to to be connected and play in a league, you know, where the competition was was so much more advanced. Um, walk us through what does it look like? Were you playing for school? Were you, you know, like growing up? Um, what was the dynamic? Was it mainly like uh, travel teams? Was there schools? And it sounds like did you skip the college route? No, there's a, there's a whole different thing uh, compared to the to the U.S. and Canada how how sports are being played in uh, in Europe. Uh, because uh, you, you have your city team, so nothing is regulated through the schools or yeah. through high school or through college. So you play for your city basically, and and in every city you have different uh, different teams that are either professional, either amateur, and and all different kind of uh, kind of teams. So basically, you start somewhere, where, and, and some people just play for fun, and they just uh, want to have a good time, and sure. someone more more advanced, and so so more uh, yeah more competitive, let's say. Uh, so, so that's where you start. You play in your city where you where you're born or where you where you're located, um, and that way, then you, then you play yourself into the picture, play yourself mm. uh, into scouting and scouting reports. You, some people get to know the show. You get on on some clips. It's it's mouth to mouth marketing basically sure. from some people. Have you seen this guy? Have you seen that guy playing there? Um, yeah, and that's that's how it basically works. So you play for the city and not uh, particularly for for school or or college or our high school team. So, and you said that, uh, you said that you started to get some looks and some serious kind of like, uh, choices around the age of 16. Yeah. Did you end up going to college? Uh, yeah, I did. I did end up uh, going to college. And, uh, but, uh, but the dynamic what we have here in Europe is, um, you go to college, but it's not sports focused. So you do your regular education, what you, what you normally go do in college and university as well, but they don't have any, um, yeah, let's say special program where you're allowed or helped with playing sports at a professional level. So you need to do everything um, combined. And some people, when, they, when they're good athletes, either uh, quit go to college or university because they want to focus on being an athlete. And then whenever they have an injury or whatever happens, right. they don't have any education education in, in, the, in the pocket. Um, or they think, okay, sports playing professional is, is kind of a liability. I don't do it, and I go to college and university, and they they just uh, yeah bail on their professional potential.
Um, so yeah, I did go to college. I did uh, go to university and I did it combined. So and play professional sports and go to university mm. at the same time, which was uh, kind of hectic, kind of yeah. uh, a struggle and, and uh, uh, a challenge as well at the same time. Um, but yeah, it, 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 it was worth it. And uh, that's the thing. If you have your mind set on something, I, I, I always said I, I want to play professional. Um, also from a young age, I, I did do a lot of things just to go there. I didn't go to a lot of parties because I had to practice, had to go there, go practice, 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 practice. Uh, so that was the thing. You, you do a lot of things to reach your goal. Um, yeah. And I was like, okay, committed to it. If you want something, you need to work for it. And if it makes sense to do your homework at midnight, for example, for next day, then you do it because you had practice until 11 or 10, for example. So yeah, that's, that's how, uh... how it went. That's incredible. And yeah, that I, it seems like, you know, just from our conversations and our interactions, um, you're definitely not afraid of hard work, but something that I've also noticed is, uh, you don't really seem to stop until things are done. And it's like, uh, I think, you know, cause you're six hours ahead of us on Eastern standard time. And there'll be times where I'm messaging you around times where I go to sleep and you're still like, you're just like, Hey dude, just finished up work today. I was like, what? I was like, what you're like, it's, it's like one or 2 AM and you're still cranking off things. And so it just, it talks a lot about your drive to, um, to succeed and, and drive to, to get things done. But also, um, what's interesting to me is, and I think a lot of people that would listen to this podcast is just the dynamic of, um, the Europe pathway for, for sports and how it does differ from, from the U S. Um, and I watched a, um, I watched a documentary, I guess it's not, it was more of like a, um, I don't know if it was a documentary style, but it was more of like a video on Giannis's life. I don't know if you've seen that on Disney Plus. I haven't. I haven't seen it yet. It's no. really, really good. I suggest. I think you and your your kids will like it. But um, it's really telling into what you were mentioning about how it's not really like you know here in the U.S. Like it's you want to get into a good school and you want a coach that's going to help you find all these you know different opportunities. And it was just interesting to see. I mean, the Giannis's story was like you know he just him and his brothers were just looking for something to do and happened to come across basketball and. Um, through word of mouth, like you mentioned, they got the right connections for them to be seen. And it wasn't like as um, like really strategic and as dialed as many parents here believe the pathway should be. But so walk us through a little bit of your professional career. What did that look like for you? Um, did you always play locally or did you play across Europe? Um, yeah, so so I started uh, locally, what I said, like uh, with the amateur team. Then uh, I was still uh, playing in uh, when uh, when I started pre- playing professionally was uh, was in my province, so the, one of the biggest cities in my province. Uh, that's where I started playing professionally. I did it for what was it, two three years, um, and then I got scouted for uh, for a Spanish team. So I had a contract and, and everything uh, up and ready to to go to Spain. Uh, went to professional there, uh, and then uh, practiced there with. Uh, with an uh, English uh, guy that also went to the NBA and uh, oh, later on went to FC Barcelona. Um, but yeah, the, so so I went there, but uh, went back to the Netherlands to to practice and uh, tore my ACL, meniscus, kneecap, everything uh, done. So that was uh, a major setback. So I had then a 15 months recovery, uh, five surgeries in between. Um, and that was, uh, and then I had the, the option to go back to Spain and play there again. But knowing that the, the level of intensity was way bigger in Spain than uh, than where, where I'm from in the Netherlands, um, so then then uh, I decided to start after the recovery playing back here again in the, the professional level over here. But uh, yeah, everything was uh, still uh, terrible and uh, basically career ending. Wow. Yeah. I imagine that, uh, mentally it was probably really tough for you to try to get back to that place that you were before. 
I imagine getting getting that opportunity to play in Spain. What does that? How does that differ from the professional league? From where you are, you mentioned that there's a obviously a quality and level of play, but as a as a career, what was that? What was the change there when you were able to go play in Spain? Yeah, the the, the change is like it's more professional organized. Like you, you see everything like uh, they're, they're biggest sponsors. Everything is is way more structured, more more professional. Like we 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 thought in over here in northern part of Europe, it's professional and everything is well organized, but. When you go to Spain, Italy, Greece, like it's way, way bigger, way more eyes on it. Like it's more popular as well for for the community and for people around it. Uh, of course, still soccer is number one, uh, but then in Spain, basketball is very, very big as well. So how I seen it, it was my big stepping stone to get to either the U.S., Canada, or somewhere overseas to, uh, uh, because as a young boy, like everyone wants to go to the NBA. Of course. So, so that was my stepping stone in, in going, uh, yeah, to the next level and, uh, and, and play on that level and play and on that level intensity with even better players, bigger players and, and, uh, yeah, just get a taste, get a smell of what it can be looking like, uh, going overseas. The, those opportunities that you had to play professionally, um, from a, from a career standpoint, do you, like people can make a career like I know in the U.S. sometimes like I don't know in my mind I'm kind of equating this to some European leagues to be um, about the same level if not like a little bit better than maybe like minor leagues in the U.S. in terms of like the G League and or, I don't even know is it still called G League the the minor the like the farm team yeah 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 so that's kind of where I equate it to and I know that a lot of um, a lot of issues that we see in the United States like farm teams and minor league teams are. Um, like maybe they're not getting like proper resources they're not getting proper wages. Is that something that you saw in your professional career or the, do the professional leagues there take care of the athletes enough where you guys could make it a legitimate career by staying in those professional leagues locally? No. Uh, so yeah, where I'm from in the Netherlands, definitely not because uh, there's simply no, not the eyes on it. Man. Not, right. It's not, not in the culture of the Dutch people to, to focus on basketball. So there's no money. So then uh, there's no payment or, like not 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 big Bert, right um so and that's what you see in spain like that that's a proper league like if you go to real madrid after barcelona or, or uh like any of those clubs like some people that are that are now playing in the nba can make so that they're not the biggest players anymore they go she's go back to barcelona and still make a couple million a year so yeah that you can make a pretty good career playing in spain Italy, germany even uh greece as well uh, but yeah, those are the, like the, the southern uh, European countries that that have it well organized, but like not not like the sure. Ones. The reason I think the reason why I bring it up is because I'm trying to put myself in your shows, shoes, and in that moment when you run into injury and and you realize that um, it's going to be, you know, a, a real uphill battle for you to kind of get to that place you were before. Uh, I imagine that your mindset was maybe I need to start figuring out the next step and start to figure out the next chapter, right? So. Maybe you can yeah. take us a little bit into, you know, you said you had multiple surgeries. You're starting to feel like maybe, you know, it's not in the cards for you to continue this path. Um, so what does it look like next for you? What 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 do you do to kind of, you know, prepare yourself for that next step? Yeah, no, definitely. And that's what, uh, what I like it said in the beginning as well. Some people, they ditch their high school or ditch their right. university because they think go professional is the way. And I, I always had a feeling and maybe it was the universe that was uh, guiding me through it. But uh, do the university together with playing professional sports to have something like a backup plan if needed. 
So, right. and this was kind of for me like the, um, yeah, the, it, it was a sign as well. Like you see, and there's just a little step that you need to take and, and there's that injury. So it can happen in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, when I was there, of course, it's, it's a shitty place where you, where you decide, where you decide or need to quit at all, or you see your, uh, well, I don't want to talk only about money, but you see your next steps falling apart. Like the steps that you had sure. in mind go, maybe go to the US, maybe not. I uh, never know. Like it's, it's not a guarantee, but at least, uh, making a living in Spain. Uh, that was a tough one, but at that po- point of time, I was kind of grateful as well that I had my high school in my back, that I was doing my university. So I was like, okay, finish my career, um, get healthy, get prepared that at least I can walk again and, and do normal uh, young man activities again, right? Uh, which is not still really possible with, with everything with, with, with a leg, but it's all fine. But, um, yeah, so you prepare for that and, and finish university and prepare for the next step. And what I was thinking as well is um, everything what I did, professional basketball, everything, all the practices, all the all the all the tough stuff, blood, sweat, and tears that you that you've gone through, also with the injuries, um, it's something that you can cherish and and you can can, can use that in your future career. And that's always what I did. Also, when I start started working. Like a mentality that you have, the the experience that you have working in a team, like people right. underestimate what it does, like playing in a professional team or playing team sports in general at all. Like, uh, yeah, with, with a team you can you can make you you can move, move mountains. You can do everything, um, and yeah, that just that discipline, uh, everything together. I used that in uh, yeah in my working career, finishing university first, of course, and then I started working, and uh, yeah, and it yeah. I completely agree with you. I think um, it's not even just like the service level thing that people think about in terms of like, you know, learning how to work together as a team. But I think you also learn a lot about yourself in terms of like how to deal with adversity and how to um, how to take in criticism, you know, like how do you work with coaches that are there to help you? And so a lot of things that we talk about in this podcast, especially when we bring on guests are, um, you know, because of the meta athletes mission and the meta athletes kind of purpose a lot of it does have to deal with mentorship and coaching, right? Having people available that truly care about, you know, really just like seeing you win and seeing you succeed and giving you a variety of things. It could be the education to understand why you need to do something, or it could be accountability and checking in with people to make sure that they are doing something, right? So I think that it's kind of twofold for the athlete experience too of like, hey, we're going to go over this and, you know, we're going we're gonna to make sure that you understand why we're doing these things. But there's also a, a personal factor of like what motivates you, what demotivates you. How do we make you feel like you know you're a part of this, or how do we give you uh, this opportunity for you to feel empowered to to take ownership? And so we try to do a lot of those things too in meta athletes. I'm kind of curious um, when you were kind of like going through this time where your professional career is maybe starting to slow down and you need to figure out this next step. Um, you decided to do this university end playing, but did you have like mentors did you have somebody that was kind of explaining hey i've been here before and, and this is what i think you should do or was it your parents um what does that look like for you yeah uh so first of all i had uh my coaches that were first of like the last coach that i that i was working with and it was uh kind of interesting because i i really looked up to them and they really made me uh like like push me and and really wanted to get the best out of me and uh looked at a personal view of, of myself of, what my potential was, which which I was always grateful for, uh, but that was the head coach and the assistant coach, 
So the head coach was kind of a really shouting, uh, kind of uh, yelling kind of guy and right. like a big, big dude and always shouting and yelling. But I liked it. I, I didn't mind it. So it was always when you did something wrong, it's, it's, it's such amount of push-ups, whatever, like everything in between those lives. And um, so when those kind of things happened, then always the assistant coach, which I I still consider kind of a mentor. He, he was kind of a chill guy and like right. a really, really tiny dude, but he, he really me, knew what he wanted to say. Like he just didn't really touch your soul basically. So that was uh, that was perfect. Uh, so I, I consider them basically also as my my mentors. But I think my biggest mentor was my physical therapist in uh, when I was mm. doing my recovery because I was so focused on the recovery, and I was uh, with him five times a week, sometimes six six uh, wow. times a week, uh, four days, uh, four hours per day, just to do recovery, biking, uh, walking, everything from all the surgeries and and the setbacks again, and another surgery and back. So I spent so much time with him and yeah, he really wanted to help me focus on, on getting back on track, getting back on the level that I was. Uh, so yeah, I talked about a lot with him about the setbacks and even though I was, he wasn't a professional player he, uh, or professional athlete himself, but he was very into sports. He knew everything. He knew all about it. So he was an enthusiast and a fanatic, let's say. Uh, so yeah, I consider him a, like a mentor in that part, and I think in a very crucial part as well from the transition from either playing professional to maybe get back on that level, or play a professional and transition to like like a right. like a regular human being and then yeah live a live a normal citizen life. It's it's super interesting because um, you know that that therapist might not have been a professional, but. He has a certain level of success and a certain level of you know purpose and passion that he lives, and yeah. that's really what we're looking for, right? And I think for you to realize it is like you know this was the plan that I imagined, but there's other things that can also fulfill and, and bring you purpose. And um, why it's interesting to me is because we just had somebody on the podcast two weeks ago. He works for um, Vayner Sports Pass and Vayner Sports, and he said the same thing. He said that his mentor was his physical therapist because that guy ended up, you know, like you said, spent a lot of time um, helping him understand what was significant and bring him back to priorities. And it's not just about getting back on the field or get, it's about how do we set ourselves up for success so that you can <laughs> do the things that you like to do, like play with your kids and walk. And uh, yeah. I think those types of reminders for priorities are huge, but um, he ended up doing some marketing for this physical therapist and he did like um, some digital marketing. He helped him get on social on internet and, through that process was able to realize, Hey, you know, marketing is something that I take interest in and, and I enjoy doing this and they're happening to get more leads and there's a lot of success here. And so it was interesting to me because kind of similar to yourself, it's not the position that you want to be in to be at a physical therapist, you know, rehab center, but at the same time being there led, you know, had an impact on you. And for this guy, it literally shaped his career. He said that he's in marketing and he works with Vaynerchuk's now because he was in his physical therapy office, right? So it's um, it's it's awesome to be able to look back and realize that this path that um, wasn't exactly planned ended up working in your favor over time. And so, so take us into you. You've now realized that you know you're finishing up university. You both have education, and I think another thing about university that's interesting is not just education, but it's also connection, right? It's network, it's people, it's being surrounded by. I mean, I personally didn't get a lot from being in college courses, but the people that I met there shaped my future in some way, right? So I think that that was huge yeah. for me. For you, I know a little bit about you started working with athletes, athlete branding, marketing with big brands. 
Um, how did that happen? How did you find yourself in that position and, and find that opportunity? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, well, at the point I, I was, of course, injured and, and I was uh, doing university. So then I saw the opportunity. So I went to university for uh, for a couple of, uh, of a short period of time. Well, it was six months. Uh, go first live in Canada. Go to university there as uh, kind of an exchange program. Um, then after I went another year to Canada to another university as well to to uh, finish another program over there. And afterwards, I went to Harvard to uh, to to study contract law. Oh wow! Uh, and, and go to law school over there. Um, yeah, and that basically set me up to go uh, because I had in mind what I wanted because I was an athlete. As, an, as myself, I saw it around me, what, what other people were doing, like managing that stuff. Um, so I had, I had in mind, I wanted to work for Adidas. So I did everything to set myself up to get there, to get into the role that I really wanted to be working in. So I ended up in uh, playing, so I work in global sports marketing, uh, managing athletes, managing uh, campaigns, etc. the, uh, contract negotiations with the athletes. Um, so that was my goal. Got a job that I wanted. Um, okay, wait. Yeah. It, it sounds like it sounds almost too easy. So I want to figure out how you did it. You know, like, um, did you just sign up for something that you got it right away, or I'd, I'd love to understand if if there was a process that you had to to get to that point um, to to land that position. Yeah, the fun thing was beforehand. I was uh, I was talking to to one of my old professors. He is also a, a guest lecturer at uh, at UCLA, uh, but I, he was my professor in uh, in my university. And I asked him, should I do it or not? And because I was still doubting, do I do the same thing with Nike or Adidas? And he said, I think culture wise, you're more an Adidas kind of guy. Right. So I said, okay, let's go, let's go for it. So there was an open position. I applied for it. Very basic, like what everyone could do. <laughs> I had my resume and everything ready, like a perfect cover letter and everything. Um, then it was, well, I think, five rounds of uh, interviews, um, case study, everything. Um, and I think it was around 500 applicants, and I got the role. That's uh, that's how I landed it. Yeah, that's awesome. And so, was this when you started this position, and were, did you have to go somewhere? Or were you able to do this remotely, and were you back home at the time? Or no, it you... was it, it was back home uh, because I'm from Amsterdam, and the the head head office was in Amsterdam, so that's uh, gotcha. that, that was uh, a home run. It was home place. So that's that's uh, awesome. Yeah. So okay, so you start doing that. Did you find success in your role? Yeah, it was good. It was good for uh, for a couple of years, and then uh, then I transitioned uh, into Adidas in a different role. Went more into the marketing and the digital space and online marketing. Uh, the the website and e-commerce, uh, and then was responsible for leading and, and setting up a couple of teams and uh, regarding personalization. And uh, and uh, afterwards, I was responsible for uh, Adidas Originals, so all the footwear campaigns uh, based for yeah the originals part of the brand. So not not the batch of sports, but only originals, uh, e-commerce for Europe back then. Yeah, that's incredible. And did, when you look back, do you feel like? Um... That transition to more of the corporate side, did you enjoy that more so than what you originally planned in terms of like working more direct with athletes? Um, it, it has both. Both has their uh, their beauties and then and and the the, the not so uh, glamorous parts. Sure. So um, it comes at the cost working with the athletes. It's it's twenty four seven, which is a good thing as well. But. Uh, yeah, it's it's twenty four seven traveling a lot, uh, yeah. Which it's which can be nice, but also can be can be uh, exhausting and 
uh, maybe not enjoy my day in the long term. Some people do, some people don't. So it was good for myself, especially at that at that age, to broaden my my knowledge as well, see some more than only that part of the of the corporate business, and uh, yeah, basically fill my uh, my backpack with a bit more knowledge and, and aspects of of our our A class company runs. So that was uh, was my goal as well to know everything. So I I don't need to be a specialist at one thing. I want to know everything. That's incredible. Yeah, it's it's interesting to me because I think you and I kind of think similarly when it comes to um, being in that role to work with athletes directly is something that um, has always been an interest to me, even from a young age. It's That's something I would consider my dream job. And even though now I'm not technically a sports agent representing athletes, I have opportunities to build brand and display their reputation in online settings, right? And to me, that's even more fascinating. And so was it my exact path, but now I'm in this opportunity where I, I guess I've I came across and found something that I actually enjoyed better. And I think you can't really do that until you, you don't really, oh, you're not aware of it until you actually do it and realize, oh, this is actually something that kind of aligns better with, with um, how I think and, and how I can be a value to people. Um, so you, you worked with Adidas, you worked in many roles. Now it's different though, right? What you do now is, is a little bit more, um, first of all, I believe it's your own business, right? So you became an entrepreneur and, and now you're consulting, um, I think, businesses, teams uh, with leadership and, and, and marketing as well. Is that true? Yeah. 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 So it's both leadership, um, setting basically the strategy of the, of the company, but also leadership in teams, um, how how the, 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 the management teams work and also like the, the teams that they are managing and how the, the collaboration between them. So the, the basic leadership skills, uh, how to presented within the company, but also strategy consulting uh, and, and also the, the marketing and branding of the company itself. Yeah. That's incredible. I think it's something that it's really interesting to me because um, I think great leaders study leadership intently, right? So I'm kind of curious from, from your end, obviously you probably had coaches, you've probably worked for incredible people at Adidas that, that displayed strong leadership that you learned from. Um, what what is it that you do to better understand leadership? I think it's one of those things where you could think you're a great leader, but in reality, you can always it's something that you can always read more, learn more, chat more, right? So, what what are some things that come to mind for you on how you kind of um, work on your own leadership skills? Definitely, first thing is talk to you. That's uh, that's <laughs> a great uh, <laughs> a great thing to do. Now the rest, uh, like I, I listen to a lot of podcasts that that help a lot. Yeah. Uh, also during during workouts, listening to podcasts uh, while, while traveling as well, uh, reading books. Uh, there's certain guys that you want to read books from. Uh, I highly recommend Jocko Willink. Of course, and listen to his podcasts. Uh, but there's so many so many guys that that have different type of leadership. Of course, Jocko has his. Uh, his way of, of uh, explaining his stuff from the military background, which is amazing, mm -hmm. of course. Uh, you have David Gargis with his approach, uh, but there's so many. But also the the, the more the psychological field behind how the leadership really right. works and 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 just the yeah people behavior as well. So yeah, podcasts, reading, um, reading articles, uh, studies, and um, that's what my interest is in. Yeah, no, it's 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 uh, very similar to to myself when it comes to um, finding different leaders and different strategies for because it's really experience based, right? Like Jocko's experience, it it's maybe a little bit overkill for you know just the everyday person. But and same thing with like David Goggins, it might be over, but it's interesting to understand um, 
you know, these different perspectives, but a lot of the stuff is applicable, right? Like things in the military are applicable. Uh, things in the sports world are applicable to the business world, right? And so I think it's fascinating that you have um, both this understanding from what you study, but you also have this understanding from what you've experienced as a as, as a professional athlete. Um, what about Simon Sinek? Is that one that, that you listen to at all yep. or you read? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so that that's one of them. And like, like yeah, I find the good part, like you, like you said about Joko, Joko, like how he presents it, of course, like it's not for everyone. And his way of talking is maybe... Uh, kind of scary for some some people that that, that don't like it. But what I like uh, when you li- when you listen to them, it's uh, you need to apply what he is saying to right. your real life situation, and you're you're not uh, find fighting in fighting in Iraq, for example. But you can can apply what he's saying and just uh, visualize how it can be in your business or what does he really say? Like uh, it all, yeah, and that's, yeah, because what I think, a hundred percent. There, it's it's the principle of what he's saying of like yeah. um taking accountability and ownership because exactly. of human psychology like you mentioned yeah. and how it mixes together and how you can make other people feel to motivate them versus if they was actually right or if he was actually wrong or you know what i mean like there's there's so many good principles like that um i'm curious you're in athletics you're in marketing and branding um somebody that comes to mind for me constantly when it comes to strong values always a great voice to listen to is gary vaynerchuk has Gary Vaynerchuk had an impact on you at all when it comes to entrepreneurship? Um, yes and no. Like um, his story is very, very impressive. So definitely, uh, but he wasn't my first that that really drive me going into entrepreneurship. But uh, really, when 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 I was listening to him and and his story, of course. Um, I realized, yes, you can do way more than you think you can do. And that was the thing that when, when he's explaining and, and his whole story and how he's building and has been been building for like so such a long time already, like you really know and uh, that the sky is the limit. Like if you set your mind right and you set your mind to it, then you, then you can achieve it. And what I found most interesting about him is as well, he's, so, he's such a visionary. He sees right. things way, way in advance, and that's what I, what I really admire from him. And it's, uh, I, I can learn from, him. and I think a lot of people can learn from it, uh, from listening to him and see what he's talking about. Absolutely, yeah. I think both visionary, but also commitment to play the long game versus commitment yeah. Yeah. to do what's going to be best, like today, right? I think that's that true. that's yeah. probably the the underlying purpose. But was there somebody? that you know like you're making your transition maybe it's away from adidas to entrepreneurship was there like a voice that you always listen to when it comes to um how you should be running business how you should be managing your own business was there anything like that for you no and maybe i'm kind of kind of uh yeah i don't know i i, I, I wanted to figure out it myself of course you hear a lot of things uh, things right. around you and uh but what for myself worked the best i i knew how adidas was working and I saw things that that I think okay, this makes a lot of sense. Uh, you you look around and you just I, I wanted to have my own taste and and not a copy paste from someone else. Uh, and that's what what I was thinking. Okay, I want to do my thing and how I feel right. that is the right thing. And of course, you always challenge your own decision making or your own own uh, thoughts with is it actually a good thing? You sure. Uh, but um, yeah, so doing my own thing and, and my own fishing, I think that's the best because if you lose your own fishing, if you don't focus on your own fishing, you'll get bored 
or you because it doesn't feel like your baby that you're building. You won't be That's inspired, awesome. motivated to keep going. I think um, yeah. you know when you're explaining that, what came to mind for me is when I transitioned away from uh, working at an agency. So I finished school and worked two years at a, a marketing agency, and you know I was getting paid like very minimally, like. Um, I think when I started, it was like 35 grand a year and then I would work and did incredible work. And then it was like 39 grand a year. And in my head, I'm just like, you know, I'm spending hundreds of thousands of dollars and generating, you know, millions in returns for these clients. If I were to do it on my own, I feel like I would be getting compensated a little bit better. Right. So one of the driving factors for me to get into entrepreneurship is I didn't have to wait for somebody to like promote or I didn't have to build trust enough with somebody to promote me and, and provide like a better compensation plan. Um, I really, it, it, for me, it was like a little bit vision, but it was also like, I kind of set my own rules for like, if I wanted, if I wanted to live a certain way or if I wanted to increase my own pay, I would have to go and find more clients. And there was nothing mm -hmm. that would stop me from doing that. Right. Like it, yeah. and if I were to go find those clients, it would impact me immediately did you also feel that way, you know, working in a, in a corporate brand position versus switching over to entrepreneurship? Did you feel like it was uh, holding you back at all? And, and now you feel like you have this opportunity to, to be more limitless when it comes to the way that you work? Yeah, sure. Definitely. Um, and um, mainly I find it because uh, in companies and big business, you always have to deal with like the, the board or the empty that, that right. uh, has an opinion. So you're sometimes really... Uh, lacking the creativity or what you really want or what you feel that you should be doing. And that's why with entrepreneurship, you can do whatever you feel like, um, which only the things that you can really do it, of course. But uh, what I found most impressive is that you can live by your own values. And if the, the values that you have as a person have and uh, showcase that in your business, I think then you have a successful business because then you need breathe and, and, and do everything in your business with, with the right values. And I think clients will love that, uh, customers will love that. Whoever touches your company, uh, yeah, they, they'll feel that it's greeting than those values. I think if you stick by it and then live by it, I think that that's the most important part for myself, that you build something that's based on your own values and, and determination and, and, and discipline and quality. That's incredible because you never feel like you need to mold yourself or get out of your... Um what you feel is like truly authentic to yourself. And there's been so many yep. times in business where even times we messed up and we just look, can look back and realize like we, yeah, we lost this client, but in reality, you know, it's, is this somebody that we even want to work with? And um, I think it's an incredible feeling to, to realize that you can get back to that authentic self all the time. In my head, I imagine this, you know, so you, it's a, it's a marketing consulting business that you have in my head. I imagine it to be like this one person show. Is, is that true? Do you have people that work with you? Um, that's, that's kind of the first question and I'll follow up with what do you envision in the future for what it could look like or what you would like to, you know, see it grow into? Yeah. So yeah, it's, uh, uh, kind of a one man show, but I can hire, uh, I hire people that, uh, from a creative background or right. experience if needed. So it's, uh, all, all on project basis if, if needed. So that's how I do it. Also to cut the cost, uh, but also just sure. have the right people at the right time. Uh, when you need so there's a team uh, standing by if needed. Um, but also on the fish you know, or the psychological psychological part if needed for uh, um, a more psychological part in the company of for change managers of course have someone else uh, that can provide uh, like the right class or the right uh, right information needed there. So that was that yeah. So that's how it works. Right. Gotcha. Now. 
Yeah. And and do you want it to always be like that? Do you have a vision for something else for for your business? Um, I guess like in an ideal scenario, what would it look like for you? Yeah, ideally, of course, expanding and growing that you have a full uh, full team that you can always rely on instead of uh, only uh, higher higher on project right. basic. Uh, so, um, yeah, family oriented business that you can rely on each other, like work, like a cohesive unit, a good team, and that you can count on each other. That's what I, what I envision that you have the strong family values, but also the work and dedication, uh, that we all as kind of pro athletes, uh, have, um, that you have that in the team. So it feels like a, like a pro team that always delivers uh, like a class results. That's incredible. Yeah. I think it's something, it's definitely something to strive for and, um, it's been awesome way to to get to know you more, your background, um, how you think. Like I said, I've always been impressed with like a lot of your responses. I'm like, man, I would love to to understand, you know, how he got to this point of of wisdom and insights. Um, one thing that we do typically towards the end of these podcasts is we we ask the guests, is there like is there um, some type of like recent finding, learning quote, um, something that you read, or maybe it's something that is really has been like strong for you throughout your life um, that you want to share with the audience? Uh, there's a lot of things, but I think maybe we need another podcast for that <laughs> to really dig into some. Yeah, just uh, one. It's like your top quote, the one that like yeah. comes okay. to mind for you that you feel like is something that that really stands true to you. Okay, I have one uh, one right here in front of me. It's every action you take is a vote for the type of person you wish to become. Say it one more time. Every action you take is a vote for the type of person you wish to become. That's a good one. That's a good one. And and Wick, it's I'm I'm pumped up leaving this podcast because I feel like I first of all, we're face to face and it's good to connect with you in this, you know, fashion. But sure, sure. um some of the things that you shared, I'm just like I have like a million book recommendations, about mm-hmm. five hundred podcast recommendations. And I, I know that you have the same for me. So I'm pumped to uh to uh, to hop off here and start sharing some of that stuff because we definitely think the same way. It's like you know we we constantly um, are looking to grow and and have this mindset to have continuous learning and continuous growth. And um, when you're working out, <laughs> walking the dog, anything, I, I'm the same way. I have like an audio book or a podcast going. So um, I'd be interested to hear you know from your side and and it, there's some shared authors already. But um, I think you'll also appreciate that about Coach B. He has like unlimited yeah. knowledge when it comes to to good recommendations. So um, I'm pumped for that. But Wink, man, I appreciate you coming on, sharing. Um, look forward to to continue to connecting with you more. And uh, thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. And it was a great conversation. And uh, let's continue this. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Yep. Thank you guys for listening and, and catch everybody next week.